Traditions and wishes made new A place where our grandfathers, fathers, they grew A spiritual feeling if I ever knew And if you ain't been, I am sorry for you When the day comes for that last winning run And I'm crying and covered in beer I look to the sky and know I was right To think someday we'll go all away Yeah! Someday we'll go all the way. Here we are. This is Todd. Hey, it's someday. It is. Today is someday. They went all the way. They went all the way. Congratulations, Chicago Cubs. Congratulations, fans of the Chicago Cubs. Congratulations, baseball fans and just people. And just the whole city of Chicago. Yes. And the nation, because I think everybody was cheering for the Cubs. Except for you folks in Cleveland. In Cleveland, I, I, I'm not even trying to diss Cleveland here. Cleveland, oh my gosh, what a team. What an incredible game. Yeah. Yeah. What an incredible seven games. So Cleveland has nothing. I know that people will say they lost, so they lost, so they lost. But nothing to be ashamed of. No, it was a wonderful. And the Indians lost two out of their four starting pitchers in September. So they were kind of handicapped going into the uh, series. So they played their butts off. Wow. It, that, and, and for some reason, well, I know why. It just made it rich, you know? Difficult on every nerve in my body. I know, and we're going to talk about that. <laughs> but first, let me introduce the show. So yes. this is Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 338. Typically, we put our shows up on Tuesdays, and we had some adjusting. So we're going to do it on Friday, but we're actually going to put this up today because we are 12 out, about 13 hours removed from the Cubs winning their first World Series in 108 years. Uh. So I don't know where to begin. I have all these different clips about the Cubbies and baseball. This is a celebration, not just of baseball. I just posted something on Facebook, and it was a four-and-a-half-minute clip of the reactions of the people on the final out because the Indians made the final out in the bottom of the 10th last night. And when he says reactions of the people, um, it's not just the people in the bar. It's also the people at home by themselves, the people, the couples in the apartment, the um, elderly man who's at home watching, like to see the reactions of people in every different kind of environment um, is so unifying yeah. and unifying because we were all on the same page yeah. for that period of time. So I'm going to play some, uh, my, I want to talk about baseball and how it's really, I just posted on the, this on the Facebook page, but it's, this is not about baseball. This is about connection with each other, and mm -hmm. baseball is kind of the vehicle of it. And we're going to talk a little bit about that because a lot of people think baseball is stupid or it's a sport and it's not that important in the grand scheme of things. And I will argue differently. It is as important as anything else because it binds us together. Well, and especially baseball. I don't know if that's just because you, you're you're one of the biggest baseball fans I know, and, and it was really the only sport that I grew up playing and then having in my home. Yeah. So even though I love the Blackhawks and I love the Bears and everything, uh, the, uh, baseball is home to me, and yep. I know baseball is inside of you. Yep. Um, and so there's something about having that and then having the history of the sport, mm -hmm. which is baseball's been around... 
Hundreds of years. It's the national pastime. It's the national pastime. And so there's something about it that just feels, and it's also watching the game. The game is a patient, mindful There's no clock. Game. Yeah, there's so many different uh, metaphors you yes. can pull from the game of baseball yes. that work with us in life. But real quick, so this is podcast number 338. This is End Parenting Radio. Our motto is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, we actually have no partners. We have no sponsors because we took care of our sponsors and uh, talked about them on Tuesday show. So this show is being brought to you by the Chicago Cubs. I was just going to say, it's dedicated to the Cubs and all of our energy and all all of our love is being uh, pushed that way. Exactly. So just, I want to play a quick, I'm going to be very clip heavy. Hopefully you're okay with sure, that because sure. we have a lot to talk about, but this is the final out and it's not going to do it justice because you can't see it, but you need to play the final out. Can I set it up a little sure. bit? Okay. For those of you who have never been to Wrigley Field, uh, Wrigley Field is in the middle of a neighborhood. Okay. And Todd and I both, well, actually you never live there. This isn't the crowd. This is the actual play by play. So you want to uh, play the crowd. Well, it's the same sound, right? I don't know. I don't know. Well, let me just say this anyway, as long as I'm on this. So Wrigley Field is in the middle of a neighborhood, and all of us who have lived in Chicago at some point lived in that neighborhood. Um, And there is this feeling of ownership, you know, kind of like this is our field. Even if we're just going to sit and talk for, you know, two hours, we want to be in that field together talking. You know, it's there's a, a feeling of ownership about that field. So when the game was coming to a close... People were surrounding that field. Mm-hmm. All, and again, this was true in Cleveland, but there was something about it in Chicago that, you know, everyone lives right around that field. Mm-hmm. And when that final out was called, um, the sound was almost not even a sound anymore because there was such a unifying... Um, it's a collective, collective. energetic yes. expression. Yes. And I think I found a spot. This is going to be a tough play. Bryant, the Cubs win the World Series! That's just nuts. I know. So that second sound, that was that sound of uh, yeah, all those people out there. Yeah, that was outside Wrigley Field, oh and gosh. it was just a release because these people are releasing not just for themselves, but for their parents, for their grandparents who grew up Cubs fans who have since passed away. You know, one interesting interesting I thought of this morning is that the Cubs haven't won a World Series since 1908. Mm-hmm. So it's been 108 years. So if the Cubs, and the Cubs are going to be back here because of their talent pool and everything else, but if we had to wait another 108 years, it would be 2,124. Oh my my goodness. So it gives you like some perspective on how long it's been, 1908 to 2016. And if we had to wait this long again, it would be 2,124, which sounds like, well, are we even going to be living on this earth at that time? We might be at Mars by that time. Right. So oh, it's, it's crazy. It's just nuts. Well, and I love what Todd said about it. It wasn't just about the individual. It wasn't about... I mean, for many people, it was about them being the hugest fan in the world and watching and seeing their team win. Obviously, we all felt that way, but it was so much bigger than that. There was one point, I'm sure Todd is going to talk about this. There were several points during this series and the series preceding this series that when things get really tense, I leave the room yes. and I go into a room and I turn on the radio and listen to it instead of watch it. And I know that many of you will go, oh, that's weak. That's whatever. But here's the thing. Sensory overload. Yeah. And for this this is why winning these games is not didn't feel like a game. It felt like this city 
needed it. Like it, it was almost, I couldn't, you know how we're always talking about detaching from outcome? Yeah. This was one of those things that I was very challenged to detach from outcome. You were pretty attached to the outcome. I was outcome. very attached and not so Kathy could be like, yay, the Cubs won. It was because of other people's, it, it is so interweaved into my home life, into my family, my aunt. And, and for those of you who, you, you may have seen this if you're friends with me on Facebook, but um, my great uncle won tickets to the... Um, the what? Which one was it? The fourth it, it game. It was Game Four of the World. Game Series. Four of the World Series because he was entered in a competition on the Today Show, and he it it was narrowed down to three people like who was the greatest Cubs fan. Yeah, and he won on t- the Today Show on live TV. So for those of you that were watching, it was Barbara and Dwight, and Dwight is my great uncle. So it kind of gives you an idea of like how the family web here is is weaved, and my aunt who is, that is her uncle, and she is my aunt, um, is the biggest Cubs fan I know. It, we actually, Todd and I have, uh, we think about this a lot because we had, I'm, I can't remember whose birthday it was. Um, maybe it was the September birthdays when we were all at my sister's, yeah. and we were like having a birthday party, and the game comes on, and this isn't like postseason stuff. This is yeah. just a regular everyday game. And my aunt will go sit down and watch that game and not watch just part of the game Every play of that game, there is like a, there is a, and I know that many of you listening are like, yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. That's how I watch the Cubs. I can't claim that. I'll watch a game, but not the way that, that they watch games. Right. And for the record, I am a White Sox fan, but I caught Cubs fever and, um, but uh, real quick about the number 108, Edith, our friend sent this to us. I don't think you had a chance to read it yet, but 108 is just kind of a sacred number. Oh, yes. Um, There's a hundred, first of all, there's 108 seams on a baseball. Oh my gosh, this right? is going to be so good. So I'm what so are the odds of that? And then these are some smaller things. And the baseball was designed by Cubs first manager, A.G. Spaulding, whose first office was at 108 West Madison. Oh my gosh. 108 meters from left and right field to home plate. Oh my gosh. Ricketts, the owner of the Cubs, uh-huh. family business, is on the 108th Street. And the last time the Cubs won a World Series game was on October 8th in 1945. Which is one- one zero eight. And this is about their uh, manager, Joe Madden, who who's pretty impressive manager. He's a laid back skipper. And in this article that Edith sent to us, it talks about, you know, Eastern Buddhist philosophies mm-hmm. and how there's uh, lessons that you can learn playing baseball uh, about yourself. So laid back skipper and swami of sorts, Joe Madden, the Cubs are taking us home with the mantra of do simple better. That mm. was his mantra. Mm-hmm. And the player's early practice of the base point, where they literally point at the base, pointing down at the base to remind them to stay grounded. Oh, Isn't that gosh, great? I love Madden. And the Cubs are teaching us to live in the present moment, one bat at a time. And the Cubs shifted our country's consciousness. Uh, their joy for the game is contagious. Another Madden mantra is try not to suck, is helping helping to create peace and unity in a time of unprecedented discord. And levity. And levity. You know, like saying, just try not to suck. Because I thought the thing, the Madden thing you were going to say is how he always says, don't allow the pressure of the moment to overcome the fun of the game. Yes. And that in itself, talk about a mantra for life. Yeah. Don't allow the pressure of life and the issues you think you're going to be confronting, you may or may not be. Mm overcome the joy and the beauty of the life you're living in the first place. Yep. I mean, again, there are the all the metaphors and the analogies that we can connect to this game yep. and this series. 
Um, so anyways, those are just a few of the uh, Madden moments that I wanted to bring up. Can I say something about um, Chicago again? Sure. I think... The other reason that I was in so much pain, I was actually like doubled over in pain at one at one point. Like Todd walked in the room and I had had to like I had all the windows open because I was <laughs> freezing in our bedroom. Um, and um, but anyway, is that Chicago? I feel like for a while mm-hmm. um, has been kind of bad wrapped everywhere. I think that because of the violence that's very real in the city, I'm not denying that there is violence in our city, Um, but that has been really focused on. Um, I think our mayor has been under a lot of debate. I think the things with the teacher strike has been a really big issue, you know, education in Chicago, people who are moving out. Um, And also even in this campaign, this political campaign, Chicago was kind of one of those places that was discussed as being this awful place. Right. And I think what I always struggled with, as we all do being from Chicago, is that's not the place we know at all. Um, This city is so beautiful and so immense and so filled with every piece of every... Every different nationality, all different types of humanity, all different ages, and that's what we see when we're in the city. And if you've ever lived in Chicago, you know what I'm talking about. It doesn't mean that Chicago doesn't have issues. It does. But what we see on a daily basis and what we experience being a Chicagoan is so beautiful and being a Midwesterner and having that sense of connection with people, you know, passing on the street and saying hello. You know, people often when we're not in the Midwest, the way that we communicate with people, sometimes they'll say, are you from the Midwest? Because you talk like you are. Not just our accent, but the way that we talk with people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm just glad that Chicago got a big light shined on it last night and will continue to for the next week or month or however long this goes where everyone can see who Chicagoans really are, you know, and that there is this connection and this overlapping love and this, um, this joy. And, uh, I, I just appreciate the fact that Chicago is being shown for what it truly is. Yeah. It's hard not to get boost goosebumps, um, from some of these montages that people put together on YouTube. I just posted one on our Zen parenting Facebook page. Um, and today is November 3rd. A lot of people listen to this well after the date but it's just we already talked about this but the reactions of the people it's goosebumpy-ish that's beautiful I cried Todd showed it to me and I was sobbing because like Todd said it's not just about the game and about baseball it's about the fact it's the hugging and the love and the release the release it's the release it's men hugging men yes how often there's probably a lot of men hugging each other last night (laughs) that that doesn't we I just did a a talk at your school about this yes Baseball gives us that opportunity where it's okay. Yes. Now it should be okay without baseball, but forget it. Let's take that off. Let's the table. take right. that off the table. <laughs> this can happen. Yes. Because of baseball, and I'm going to play a few clips from some of my favorite baseball movies to talk about the majesty, uh, the majesty of baseball, mm-hmm. and how father son. It's like very father son stuff. And before you do that. One thing that a friend posted on my Facebook page last night or this morning, I can't remember, kind of all blends. Yeah. We're all, we've all been kind of running on uh, adrenaline. Is she wrote, um, I'm so happy for Chicago. Enjoy the joy. Mm-hmm. And that's really what this is, is it's a group of people who happen to all be in Chicago, who happen to all have, you know, love for the Cubs, enjoying their joy. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I felt... Uh, Again, when I was in that room and the windows were open and I was kind of in the fetal position, I was like, "It, ha- we need, we, I, I keep saying we need this, but 
this is how this is what I believe to be true about life. Yeah. Not winning baseball games, but that that people prevail, yeah. that things work, that yes, you have to go through pain and struggle and 10 innings, but that it's going to work. 10 innings in game seven. Game seven. And that this is a good indicator of who we truly are, yeah. you know, in our our best selves. And I'm hoping you're going to get into that with the players because these players are role models for us yeah. with what kind of people they are yeah. and what they demonstrate to each other and how they show up for each other on the field. Mm-hmm. There were plays um, from the other teams, and I won't get into specific players, but when one person would catch the ball and the other person wouldn't, mm-hmm. there would be, you could hear the- you Some know, contention. See, contention, frustration. I never saw that during yeah. any of these series. Like even that one play when, remember- uh, uh, Ross was trying to, you know, grab that ball and Rizzo ended up catching it yeah. because he, and then they were like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. There was like a, yeah. we did that together. Right. Yeah. And that's life. Mm-hmm. This whole idea of it's about me. I'm the only one. I win. Mm-hmm. This was a team right. who knew how to work together. It's not a team of individuals. It's no. a collection of people that work together to further a goal, which is to win a World Series. And when some of those players were in their own little slumps, Mm -hmm. because every player gets into their own little slump throughout the season and and in this playoff series, the other players would lift them up, you know, and say, I'm proud of you and you can do this and I've been there. And, you know, a lot of times they had the players mic'd so we could hear what they were saying to each other, which was super cool. But I found, considering the contentious political season we've been in, these guys really lifted my... Uh, belief about human beings. Should I play the Bill Murray, Theo Epstein thing? I don't know if it'll translate on the audio. I don't think so. Will you play the Rizzo thing? Sure. And then we'll go to some of my stuff. Sure. That sounds good. Where are you? So Todd's about to play. So yeah, set this up. I'm ready. So it was actually in the third or fourth inning that this happened because they were up pretty Mm. far. Like put put it this way, where I could sit in the chair and be calm and watch. Um, And they were up pretty far. And so Rizzo, uh, they had miked Ross. So, you know, everything that was happening for him could be heard. And so at one point in the uh, dugout, Rizzo came up to him and said this. And Rizzo's a young player and Ross is an older player. So Todd was just telling me he's like more of a father figure to everybody, which totally makes sense. Um, So anyway, here is Anthony Rizzo talking to Ross. I can't control myself. I'm trying my it's, best. It's understandably so, buddy. I'm emotional. I hear you. I'm, re- I'm an emotional wreck. Uh, well, you're, it's only going to get worse. Just continue to breathe. That's all you can do, buddy. It's only going to get worse. all you can do. It's only going to get I'm worse. I'm in a glass case of emotions right now. Yeah, yeah. Wait till the ninth with this three-run lead. I'm in a glass case of emotions right from, now. That's uh, from Anchorman. <laughs> Well, and the reason I want to play the uh, um, the Bill Murray thing, and maybe I'll do that later, is because Theo Epstein throws out a really good old school line. I know. I, yeah. I heard it. Yeah. I, I loved that. Maybe it would translate. Yeah, so we'll try it. But fi- but let's talk about Rizzo and Ross. So why, the, why was that meaningful to you? Why that was so meaningful is, first of all, is because it was you know at the beginning of the game, and I think Rizzo was feeling, oh my gosh, we're doing really well, and what this could mean. And he reached out to, you know, with joy and with love, because Rizzo's got a huge smile on his face through this. You know, he's talking about his emotions, but really what he's feeling is this crazy joy. And he's reaching out and saying, I I don't know how to handle this. And Ross was saying, totally normal, but it's going to get worse. So Mm -hmm. breathe. Breathe. And, you know, enjoy, be here. And I just loved it because it was, again, it was connection and it was asking for help. And it was also just having joy together. And it was just a moment that to me, it just uh, showed 
how they experienced each other. Well, and there's quite a bit of wisdom there. I mean, I don't care what you're going through, whether it's something surfacy and superficial or something really deep and sad. The best advice I ever give to anybody is to just breathe. Breathe. And when you- Be here. Be here. Breathe. That's all you need. You know who I think has no choice but to do that? Hmm. The pitchers. Yeah. Like I was thinking about when you're getting those last three outs- you just you can't you can't go anywhere gotta be but there. right here. And again, all the players do. Yeah. But there's something about being a pitcher mm-hmm. where you have to have some kind of mindfulness practice. And you may not call it mindfulness, but it's gotta be mindfulness. Yeah. You know, you're basically you need to stay right here. Yep. Um and I have a great respect for again all the pitchers I've seen over the course of this season. But um yeah, it's it it is they are good role models for us. So here's a two minute clip and I bust it up into two different sections. Okay. And it's from a movie called City Slickers back from nineteen ninety one. And it's a movie I adore for many different reasons. But it's it's uh these three um middle aged men who are wonderful friends, but they talk about baseball a lot. That's kind of the the glue that that keeps it all together. And the first half is kind of a funnier clip, but the second half is a little more sincere. So um, they're sitting around a campfire in the middle of you know nowhere, um, just having a chat. Um, Billy Crystal and Bruno Kirby and Daniel Stern. Is that right? Yes, Daniel Stern. Roberto Clemente. Henry Aaron was the greatest right fielder of our generation. Could he run like Clemente? Could he throw like Clemente? Look, I'm going to say one thing to you, okay? 755 home runs. Goodbye. Hey, Clemente was killed in a plane crash. What, you're going to blame that on Aaron? No, I'm not blaming. I'm just saying. Rough baseball. You got something against baseball? It's just I used to live with a guy who was like a baseball encyclopedia, and I just got flashes. But you broke up with him because of baseball? Uh, no. We had different needs. I needed him to treat me decently and get a job, and he needed to empty my bank account and leave. Ouch. So do you, do you hate baseball? No, I like baseball. I just never understood how you guys can spend so much time discussing it. I mean, I've been to games, but... I don't memorize who played third base for Pittsburgh in 1960. Don Hoke. Don Hoke. Beat you. See, that's exactly what I mean. So what do you and your friends talk about out there? Well, real life. Relationships. Are they working? Are they not? Who's she seeing? Is that working? No contest. We win. (laughs) Why? Honey. If that were as interesting as baseball, they'd have cards for it and sell it with gum. And scene. <laughs> I've always had a soft spot in my heart for that scene. And not that I necessarily subscribe to that ideology, but there was a time in my life where sure. I did. Sure. And um, so anyways, thank you to whoever wrote that beautiful well, scene. And let's remember why. Because for these guys and for, and again, I'm just talking about a, um, a model, yeah. a typical I don't want to say typical. It can be how men maybe used to think or tend to think. Yeah. Um, it is their connection. Yeah. So while women are just jumping to the chase of let's connect mm-hmm. and let's have a conversation, they could be intimate and have conversations with other men because of baseball. Yeah. And so that's what made it interesting to trade cards because what are you doing with cards? You're talking about... You're trading statistics. You're trading. You're, you're you're connecting. You're connecting. You're you yes. Well, and the other thing about that is sometimes I get annoyed at myself because you know um, I'm not investing 100% into the baseball game, the viewing of the baseball game. Instead, I'm texting somebody or I'm checking Facebook to sure. see who's writing something. But I had a I looked at it through a different lens last night, 
and that was this technology that we shame and demonize so much mm-hmm. because it disconnects us from what's going on around us. I had the ability to sit with my brother in Seattle, who was in Seattle, my sister who's in Evanston, my dad who's in Huntley, and me in Chicago, and we can connect watching the game. We're all watching the same thing, and we're connecting through the phone because we can't all be together. That's right. And that's the very intimate. But if you broadcast that to you know, all your Facebook friends, say you got a thousand friends and you write something, you're connecting with them through this vehicle of this phone, through the game of baseball, which is silly, but so important. That was my, I'm so glad you brought this up because that was one of my favorite parts of this series is I would grab my phone, okay? I mean, Todd Todd and I were totally not in the put the technology thing down. We were like, technology is a part of watching this game. I would, um, I was in a text exchange with two of my best friends from childhood, Mm -hmm. like girls that I grew up with on the street, like that I don't see that often. So Liz and Laura and I would have exchanges. I was talking with my sister through text. I would text my aunt every time Rizzo did something. I would text your sister every time Baez did something. I would text my mom, are you still watching? Are you still watching? I was having, like you said, like feeling so full and connected. And Jessica, my friend Jessica was at a bar. Mm -hmm. So it's like, where are you guys? What are you doing? Feeling like I was having all of these experiences just by sitting in my chair. And I, I think that's why this series was so special to me, Todd. I think if it was just you and I and the girls, because the girls stayed up and watched too, um, sitting there, we would have had a great time and cheered and cried and but, did all the same things. But this things. enhanced the it experience. It did. It did. So the same phone that I get driven nuts with because I spend too much time on it, my daughter spent too much time on it. Yeah. It all there's some goodness that comes out, comes from as a result of it. Absolutely. Um, speaking of connection, so here's the last forty seconds of the exact same city slicker scene, which is a little bit more sincere, but no less important. Okay. You're right. I suppose. I, I mean, I, I guess it is childish, but. Uh, when I was about 18 and my dad and I couldn't communicate about anything at all, we, we could still talk about baseball. No, that, that was real. There you go. That's exactly what we're trying to say. Well, and that's like, you know, I know that this isn't just about men, and, but, but uh, the father-son thing, like when a boy starts coming, coming of age and has a hard time connecting with their dad, like I... I can relate to that mm-hmm. because there's something so safe about baseball. And, you know, I, I also invite, you know, our listeners to connect on that deeper level in a not so safe way. But if there's nothing else, you have this. I completely agree. And you can not only have a conversation about baseball, but you get to be your true and authentic self and have your opinion that you get to share. This is my favorite player. This is why. Here's the stats. Here's, you know, I'm giving you my opinion. And your father or your friend or your brother can come back and say, well, here's how I see it. And you say, here's how I see it. And this is why. And there's something very real about that conversation. Right. Because everybody is speaking their, you know, and again, this gets thrown on, but speaking their truth. Yeah. And maybe in real life situations in the family and in emotions and in other things, that's very difficult to do. But with baseball, we're given the the ability to practice. This is my favorite player and why. This is who I am. This person represents what I believe is important. Like, it's really funny when um, the Sox won the World Series. 2005. 2005. um, At the time, my favorite player on that team was the catcher, and his name was A.J. Pierzynski. Yep. And 
if you were not watching the Sox and if they were not your team and you were not a Chicago person, you hated A.J. Piersinski. Yeah. And the reason that I could relate to him is he had things that I did not have. Yeah. He was willing to put himself out there. He was willing to be hated. Mm-hmm. He was willing to take risks. He was fine. I mean, maybe he wasn't deep down, but he knew he wasn't well liked. Well, he knew that his goal was to win uh to be to win these games. Exactly. And he did not let anybody's attitude towards him affect what his goal was, which is be as good of a teammate as he can and put his team in the best position to win. Well, and that's the key. Is he wasn't a jerk. He wasn't going out there in the media saying people, awful things. No, not a jerk. Out well, a, a lot of people would have disagreed with How you. How about but. to his team? His teammates loved him. That's what I mean. And yeah. that's what I'm focusing on is that he. there are some players who like don't do well out in the world yeah. and don't do well in the media, whatever sport we're talking about. And they're just kind of an overall jerk. Yeah. You didn't like AJ because he was a good player. Yeah. And so, again, sorry to go socks and when we're talking about Cubs, but it just gives you an idea of the reasons why we like certain players and that we can kind of speak our own mind through them. Right. So I really like that. Um, so I, oh, I remember what I want to say. Um, I had an idea this morning of who I think should throw out the first pitch at opening day next year. Mm -hmm. Do you remember who that was? I do. Who was it? Uh, Steve Bartman. So most people know who Steve Bartman is, but can you say who he is for those who don't know? The last time that... 2003. 2003, when the Cubs were close to getting in the World Series, they were a series away. Yeah. Um, So they still had to go through, but they were about to finish up the game and win. They were five or six outs away. I forget how many. And what was his name, the player? Because gosh, he got mad. Moises. Moises Alou. He was trying to catch a ball and it was kind of going where you think it was going to go foul or, you know, heading toward the the stands. stands. And there were not just Steve Bartman, but lots- Dozens of people. Dozens of people who were reaching for that ball, Mm -hmm. which caused Moises to not catch it. Or so he thinks, or again, this is, many people have different observations of this, but Steve was the guy caught on film. He was the face of that experience. Mm -hmm. And he, here's what was so sad about it. Hardcore Cubs fan. He had the headphones he on. He had headphones Anybody on. Anybody who has headphones on at the game want to listen to the play-by-play of the game to be as engaged in the game. You just know that the guy's diehard. And he, yes, and the fact that he had a seat right there. Yeah. You know, if you're going to pay for a seat that's right there, or maybe they were his seats. So he was, to say he was demonized, he, death threats, I mean, serious, very mm-hmm. serious things. And um, he did something that 90 plus percent people would have done. So he did the same thing that most of us would have done, yet he would happen to be at the wrong place at the wrong time, and he got demonized for it. Actually, sometimes when Todd and I watch games this series, but other baseball games too, we will say, like when when a when a, a fan reaches out to touch a ball or they mess something up, we'll say, well, he just did what Steve Bartman did. Mm-hmm. Like, And we say that not as a slam against Bartman. We say that as like everybody's still doing this. So I've been, I'm pretty sure that he's been invited on multiple occasions to come out and to, you know, make peace for lack of a better term, even though he didn't do anything wrong. He shouldn't be making peace. We should be making peace. Exactly. And he's always denied. And I think they may even even try to do it for the World Series. And I don't, I didn't think it was a good idea because if God forbid something bad happened, they would have have blamed him, even Mm -hmm. though he had nothing to do with it, like a bad luck or a curse. Lots of superstition in this town. So I just feel like um, it would be a vehicle of forgiveness, not for us to forgive him, but for him 
to forgive us. For us to ask for forgiveness yes. for the way that he was treated. As a society. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm sure that he's probably moved on because yeah. you have to. And this happened, you know, Bill Buckner, this happened in Boston yeah. in game six in 1986. Um, and Bill Buckner's come back and thrown out first pitches and he has made, peace has been made between the fans of the Red Sox. He was a Cub. He was a Cub. Number 22. I think he was a Dodger before that. Was he really? And our friend Sean Emerson is a Red Sox fan. Yes. Got to give Sean a shout out. Yes. Good friend. Yeah. Um, So anyways, that's my idea. I don't think it'll happen, but I would love for him to come out so he could forgive our reaction to something that he did nothing wrong. Well, we could have a healing, you know? I mean, we could have a moment where we could all ask for forgiveness and have compassion for ourselves because that's what happens with high emotion. And when you're you're so dependent on that outcome, instead of us looking and saying this happens or we accept this, we want to point the finger at a person Mm. and say, it's all your fault. And it was never... You know, Todd um, has to help me whenever we're watching a football game game too, because I get so upset and angry that everything comes down to the kicker. Yeah. And I know you guys will say, oh, well, that's the game. And, you know, they signed up for that. I know. I understand. But if we're putting the kicker in a position to win that game with just that point, and then we blame the kicker for not winning or not getting that point, what about all the other players that could have gotten us to a better score before he even went out on the field? Any outcome never is dependent on a single play. But somehow they're the GOAT. Right. You know, they're the ones who who get the blame. And, and again, they're also the ones, as you always say to me, get the glory. Mm-hmm. So there is, um, there is, there's a trade-off. I always think about, you know, the goalies. They're in some countries. Um, soccer is such a huge sport, yeah. and and people so depend on it yep. that if a player or if a goalie misses a shot or whatever it may be, they receive death threats, yep. and you know it, it becomes an issue of life or death because of this game. And again, that's an unhealthiness. Which yep. do I even need to say that? Of course, we know that, but it gives you an idea of the pressure. That these, and I'm going to say these kids, because this team, this Cubs team, they are young, man. Addison Russell is like 22 years old. Yeah, something like that. Well, I think I heard them say 22 last night. Crazy. It's, I mean, these guys are young. And to be under that kind of pressure that early, um, wow, what a what a training they're having right now. Um, One more good movie movie, uh, quote um, from Bull Durham. Yeah. And it's when uh, they have a meeting at the pitcher's mound and um, Tim Robbins' character, Nuke Lelouch, uh-huh. is struggling. He's not having a good night on the pitcher's mound. So Kevin Costner, the catcher, comes and talks to him. And then all of a sudden, the first baseman, the shortstop, come in. So they're having like a meeting. Sweetie, it's like Lester and Ross. Um, is Lester young? Uh, no, Lester's a seasoned veteran. So he and Ross are basically yeah. the same age. Got yes, it. Okay, yes. then it's not. Um, and so they're having a meeting at the mound, which takes too long. And they're just talking about all this kind of random stuff that has nothing to do with baseball. So then the manager sends in one of the coaches to tell them, you know, what's going on. We're in the middle of a game. Let's focus up. So here we go. Excuse me. What the hell's going on out here? Well, Nick's scared because his eyelids are jammed and his old man's here. We need a live, was it a live rooster? We need a live rooster to take the curse off Jose's glove, and nobody seems to know what to get Millie or Jimmy for their wedding present. Is that about right? That's right. We're yeah. dealing with a lot of shit. Okay, well, uh, candlesticks always make a nice gift, and uh, <laughs> maybe we can find out where she's registered, maybe a place setting, or maybe a silverware package. Okay, let's get to it. 
I love Bull Durham. <laughs> um, and then I want to close with one of my favorite uh, lines of all time. Um, and it's from Field of Dreams. Oh. Certain parts. Yeah, we actually just went to the Field of Dreams this summer and we watched the movie with our girls and man, did they put up a fight to watch that movie. And then when it was over, yep. they were like, that's one of our favorite movies ever. Yep. So good. So should we play this quote? Do, do you have uh, any other burning things? Because um, I feel like we talked forever about this, but I don't know. I, I want to keep I want to keep. You want to keep it concise tight. and tight. Um this is one thing I'll say um, that is not about the Cubs, but I wanted to be able to say it because this so happened. We we made this um, grand declaration yesterday, and it's completely being um, overshadowed by the Cubs, which I am very content with. But Todd and I, for this conference that we're doing, oh, this yeah. Unparenting Let's Conference, chat about that. we have decided that November is author and blogger month. So because we know all of these authors and bloggers, people who are getting in touch with us who either want to be on the show or want to come to the conference, we, there's just so many great writers out there, people who are writing from all different perspectives about all different things. And we want them at the conference for a number of reasons. Number one, we want them there, period. Number two, this is a place where they can interact with the people that not only that they like peer level, like who are also writers, but parents that need their information. Like how do we bring these people together where these authors and bloggers, how do they find their people? Well, it's these kind of events. We want to bring everyone together. So November is author and blogger month, which means we're going to offer three things. Number one, we're going to offer a reduced uh, or a discount for the conference ticket price. Yep. That's the first thing for authors and bloggers. Number two, the authors and bloggers who get this reduced discount at the conference, we're going to put a ribbon on their badge. Because for those of you who were there last year, you know, we have the badges, you know, that go around your neck and then there's ribbons is saying who you are and that kind of thing. It will say you are an author or a blogger. So you're easily identifiable at the conference. And the third thing is, is if you have a business card or a flyer, you can put that in our gift bag that everybody at the conference will get. So Here's the key, though, you guys. We're only doing this November. Yep. So if you are an author or a blogger, you have to take advantage of this opportunity in November. And they do that by emailing me at comments at zenparentingradio.com, and we'll give you the details. We'll give you the discount code so you can get your ticket, and then we'll have your name and information so then we can make sure your badge is correct and that you get something in the bag. Yep. So you have to contact us directly mm -hmm. to do this. So comments at zenparentingradio.com. Authors and bloggers, we love you, and we want you at this conference. Um, um, and I want to give, um, last week we talked about getting over 300 iTunes reviews and we went over our 300 mark. No way. Yes. And I'll announce who that winner is in a second, but we did get quite a few reviews, probably thanks because we asked for it. But Lander Brad said, gave us five stars, has changed my life. Hmm. Christy in Minnesota says, advice that gets to the root of parenting, five stars. Uh, Fatal Kimchi Gave us five stars. Very genuine and applicable parent, parenting advice. Um, Ash SDOTB says, love the pod, five stars. And lastly, Ron Reezy gave us five stars and says, you guys make me feel outstanding. That is the goal, Ron. And for goodness sakes, who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And can I reframe that? Sure. We remind you that you are outstanding. That's right. Because there's nothing we're doing to make you feel that way. We're just trying to remind you that you already are that. 
right? Damn right. Because it's inside of all of us. You guys, this this feeling that we're having with, you know, us Chicagoans, and I think everywhere, let's just share the joy with everybody. Sure. This joy, this enjoying of the joy, we have access to that all the time. This feels really hard-earned, and that's why it feels so good and real and right. But that joy you feel, that's always there. Yep. It's just waiting for a reason to come up. Mm-hmm. And again, there is no light without shadow. There, when when they lost that first game in this series, I was like, they have to. Like, there's. I mean, I know sometimes teams yeah. just win them in a row. I know that happens, but you have to have there's gonna shadow. Be struggle. There's gonna be struggle. It's life. There's gonna be struggle, and sometimes when the struggle is too great, you have to go in a fetal position and listen to the radio, like you did. I do because sensory overload. You did what you had to do. Um, And then I'm going to promote our men's adventure retreat, Unplug, Unwind, and Recharge, January 20th through the 22nd. If there's any men out there that might be interested, our deadline to sign up and do the deposit is actually November 17th, so a few short weeks. And you can go to thetribemensgroup.com. And then also I coach guys, and I have some openings coming up in my calendar. So if you're somebody who wants to propel yourself and make your life better, um, talk to me because I think I might be able to help. And I want to give a shout out for Todd. Um, you guys know I teach uh, Dominican University and uh, I asked Todd to come teach my class this morning because we're talking about gender issues and I obviously focus a lot on female empowerment and women and girls uh, issues. So Todd this morning came in and taught um, healthy masculinity to my college class and he's so good oh. um, and so connecting with them. And he actually learned a lot from them because millennials don't think the yeah. way yeah, yeah. that our generation does. Yeah. Um, they have a much more expansive view of gender and sexuality and so they're not so black and white as us 40 year olds but that's good too it's having that communication of this is how you know i kept saying to them you know you may not think this way but your parents do and the leaders of our country do so we have to have an understanding of what's happening so i just want to say for those of you who run men's groups or you work with dads todd is a really good teacher oh Thanks, so ask him to come. That was nice of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to close the show with a quote from Field of Dreams. Oh, great. It's about a minute long. And then I'm going to finish the show with not our Zen parenting music, but one of my favorite baseball songs of all time. And it's not the Eddie, Eddie Vedder one. It's not Put Me in Coach, is it? Yes. <laughs> it's the one that you don't like, but I love because it reminds me of uh, my childhood and And baseball. you know what? It's Amen. Baseball is... Is I, I feel it in the song too. So here is James Earl Jones at towards the end of Field of Dreams, and then we'll finish with the song. So thank you for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Hopefully you enjoyed this Thursday show. And Chicago, we absolutely love you. Yeah. And we are so I could cry. Just yep. blessed to belong to this city. I just love it so much. Here come the waterworks. <laughs> all right. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, is a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good, and it could be again. Oh... People will come, Ray. People will most definitely come.
everyone, thanks for listening. We appreciate it, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're a fan of Zen Parenting Radio, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. This helps people find us. You can also just tell a friend about our show. That's our favorite kind of marketing. Todd and I do speaking engagements about Zen parenting and self-awareness, so if you have an interested group or organization, contact us at comments at zenparentingradio.com. And get your early bird tickets for our big Let's Get Real Zen Parenting Conference February 24th and 25th at the Westin in Lombard. Todd and I will be speaking Friday night, and we have Rob Bell, Rosalind Wiseman, and Ali Smith as our keynotes on Saturday. If you want to know more about self-awareness or conscious parenting, pick up one of Kathy's award-winning books at zenparentingradio.com or Amazon. If you're a guy, I have two resources for you. I coach guys. It's called Coaching for Guys. <laughs> On the phone, Skype, or in person, we set goals together and come up with a plan to meet those goals. The website is toddadamscoaching.com. And we also have a monthly men's group. So if you're looking for a group of men to have authentic conversations with, check out the tribemensgroup.com. If you ever shop on Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. If you want an amazing vehicle to teach your kids about money management, go to the lower right-hand side of our homepage and click on the FAMZOO logo and enter Zen Finance as a promo code. I want to give a special thanks to our three partners, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, John J. Kelly Dentistry, and Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thanks for your love and support. Keep on trucking.